Hi everyone, my name is Irvin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. And this is The Theology Podcast. So when a series of conversations about the royal priesthood, what it means to be God's chosen ones, and as we look in the story of scripture, who's the first person who ever gets called or labeled or titled a priest? We might expect that the first priest is someone who comes from the tribe of Levi because they are the priestly tribe. But as it turns out, the first person who is actually called a priest isn't from the family of Levi. He's not even from the family of Abraham. The first person called a priest, he appears in Genesis chapter 14 and his name is Melchizedek. And the story is pretty interesting. He just appears out of the blue. Melchizedek comes blessing Abraham and then he pronounces a blessing over Abraham's family and he feeds him and his, his men who are with him and then he disappears from the story. And then he only appears a couple of other times in scripture. And yet he is called a priest. So today what we're going to do is just have a conversation about this really mysterious and intriguing figure. So Irvin and Kyle, what do you guys know about him? What makes him so special and so fascinating to Christians today? Yeah, he's a really interesting character. And from, you know, from doing uh, university studies and reading essays and a lot of other papers, there's a lot that has been written You're on- such a nerd. I know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that's been written about this character and it's like his legend grows uh, throughout history. And it's not just like modern history of like Bible scholars today. It was like hundreds of years ago and thousands of years ago, people are still like very confused about this very mysterious figure to the point that some people, you know how like with the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and the fire, there's this fourth person and they- some people say, oh, that was an angel. And some people say that was Jesus himself, like the son, the son of God. Some people feel like that's that might be Melchizedek as well. It's like this other place where the son of God shows up. And that's really interesting. I don't know that I fully believe that, but you know, he's a, the point being made is he's a very mysterious figure. And so when the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament starts talking about him, it's like, wow, what kind of a, you know, what kind of backstory does this guy have? Cause he's so mysterious and we just don't know much about him. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting that he comes without any like lineage because the entire story of the Bible seems to be woven together through the idea of lineage, you know, hmm. the whole idea of the promise of God to Abraham and then his seed that comes after him. Uh, oh, actually going even further back, you know, the story of Adam and Eve and the promise of the snake crusher who would come after them. Yeah, then Abraham, David, Jesus himself. Yeah, it's all about lineage. But here you have this guy who seems to be like outside everything. Yeah, so where does he come from? And is that even important? You know, what's the, the significance of Melchizedek in the entire story of scripture? That's the question that, you know, it makes me wonder about. Yeah. Another interesting thing about him is like, we're talking about, you know, if you grew up in the church, you talk about the patriarchal age where God speaks directly to the fathers. And typically we think of, okay, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was really that family that remained faithful to Yahweh and all others were just kind of deviant and they all, none of them listened to God. But here we have this guy that's, claims to be a, a priest of the God Most High, like Yahweh. Uh, and so it seems like, oh, there are other people, individuals during that time that are God-fearing and God-serving. And he blesses Abraham, this chosen one of God. Yeah, it makes me think about how the work of God continues outside us. Yes. You know? And uh, it, it can't be put in a bottle and said like, okay, you know, these are the only people of God in this world. Yeah, so... I think it really expands our minds. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely challenging to our traditional view of how God works. So in my own reading, 
And when I see Melchizedek being introduced as priest of God Most High, the Hebrew of that is El Elyon, which is the Canaanite name for the creator God, the ultimate God. Now the Canaanites had this big pantheon of other gods who were in charge of their own areas like the wind and the seas and the crops and so forth. But El Elyon was considered the head of all of them. He was not known as Yahweh to the Canaanites. But there was still this sense that isn't there a God who is above all else, a God superior and higher. And when Melchizedek sees Abram, he recognizes that this God is also God of Abram. And that's, that's really fascinating. So to go back to the idea of God's kingdom, God's rule and reign is bigger than we can imagine. I wonder if today there's a certain element of that that we use in our ministry, that when we go out into the world and we seek to bless others with the gospel of Christ, maybe there's space to recognize that there is a part of God that they do understand, that they do get, and we speak to that. No, yeah. And in some ways, yeah, it's a, it's a realization that God may already be at work in other places and, and shows up in unexpected ways. And, you know, just as a side note, thinking about Abraham, you know, chronologically speaking, God never reveals his name as Yahweh until he gets to Moses. And so we have Abraham who is following God and yet doesn't really know much about God. God is a mystery to even Abraham, even though he has personal relation with God and, you know, talks to him and interacts with him. But yet there's still very much mystery around who God is to Abraham if we put ourselves in his shoes. And so when Melchizedek comes out and says, yeah, I'm a priest of the God most high, why not? It's it's Yahweh. We just don't know his name yet. Mm. The kingdom of God is really bigger than we may think, expect, or imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So what does all this have to do with how we understand the idea of priesthood and more specifically our priesthood? Because as First Peter tells us, we are God's royal priesthood in the modern Christian age. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I think this is where the letter to the Hebrews comes in because we have this interaction between Melchizedek and Abraham and the, and the Hebrew writer, he describes it where Abraham pays tithes to Melchizedek. Melchizedek is blessing him. He's offering him this feast of bread and wine. And in exchange, Abraham freely gives of the spoils of his, his battles uh, with the kings. And so he comes in and he says, hey, here, take 10% of everything that I've, I've earned in my warfare. And so it's a kind of a celebration. It's, a, it's an offering. And it's not so much of like the religion tax that we mm-hmm. might interpret it to be of mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I must pay tithes. I must mm-hmm. pay 10%. So it's not an exchange like that where, oh, you bless me, so I must give you something. Um, but it's a, it's a gift freely given. And what happens, the, according to the Hebrew writer, is that Abraham eventually becomes the one through whom other outsiders are blessed. And so Melchizedek is the one who blesses Abraham. And in turn, Abraham becomes the one of promise through whom all nations shall be blessed. And that happens also within Israel as the children of Abraham go on, the descendants of Abraham, such as Levi, and the Levitical priesthood develops. Uh, And all of that comes to serve Yahweh, but also to be a blessing to the rest of the nations. And so that's really interesting when we get to the Hebrew writer who says, hey, guess what? That lineage, that, that Levitical priesthood, is temporary because it depends on flesh and blood. It's passed from father to son. But there's this other priest that comes along who's a lot like Melchizedek because he's always there, and that's Jesus. And so as a result of that, all nations can be blessed. All nations have access to Yahweh and, and receive the blessing, mainly because Jesus comes along as a greater high priest. So what I hear you saying is that in God's grand plan for all creation, he appoints people as priests 
who bless other people so that they can become priests and then multiply blessing and multiply and multiply generations down. And that's how God intends to spread himself and his goodness all over creation. Yeah, and, and maybe not just other people, but specifically the outsider. Because yeah. there's this really clear line that is drawn between Melchizedek and Abraham in the account of Genesis and also in the letter to the Hebrews, right? They are not from the same family, actually. Right. Yeah. yeah, so Melchizedek blessing him is really about blessing the outsider, someone who is other than you. And you know, John, what you just mentioned, it's like starting this entire chain of the people of God or the priests of God blessing the outsider and the outsider then becomes a priest of God who blesses another outsider and then, you know, it just multiplies. Yeah, and then when we think about our high priest, when Jesus comes in the flesh, isn't that what exactly what he exactly. does? Mm -hmm. He goes and he finds the outsiders, the ones that are on the fringe of society and the mm -hmm. ones that aren't expected and he goes and he blesses them and he forgives them of their sins. Yeah. 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 And what's the objective of that? To bless others. Yeah. And so I think to tie it all together, the feast that Melchizedek brings out to Abraham is really important. And I believe that it is a foreshadowing of what people call the Messianic banquet. How yeah. when the Messiah comes, he's going to throw a big party, invite everyone to the table. And, and we see that image played out so many times in the prophets and even in the, the very parables of Jesus as well. How many banquets have we heard him talk about? And so this entire meal that Melchizedek brings out to Abraham is, is one that is for the outsider. It's one that says, welcome, come on in and enjoy this party together. Yeah, and so as priests of God, I believe that we are called to not only bless the outsider, but also to spread a table where they are welcome, to invite more and more to the table as well. The priest who prepares a party. Yeah! Mm. <laughs> the party priest. The party priest. <laughs> That's all we have for this week on the Theology Podcast. See you next week 